Oh. Bro, you gotta summon the suit. Sum summon that suit. Oof. I'm digging the digs, bro. I give I'm it an 8.5. 8.5 on the landing. 8.4. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. I guarantee <laughs> it, Steven. <laughs> Ungrateful Mark. Altering the terms oh. of our agreement. Mm -mm. Darth Vader style. More than a corpse. Okay. So they're doing the thing. Sorry, I don't mean oh, to laugh. Shit. Got you. Oh, that's creepy. To me. We'll find the scare. I'm dreaming about that tonight. Should we part, you may not like my next candidate. Near wow. and dear as she is to you. Why does he want Layla, I wonder? I mean, I get it. I get why anybody would want Layla. I'm just saying, what is Kanchu? <laughs> Interesting stuff, but really creepy stuff. I wouldn't want that man wanting my girl. I'll tell you that. He's mm -mm. definitely not Mr. Steal Your Girl, but uh, in a different way, I guess. I don't I know what I'm Mr. saying. Continue. Mr. Steal Your Girl's soul. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to New Rockstars! Moon Knight Episode 2 confirms what the boomers have been saying from the beginning, that the hippie Chinese-speaking vegans are gonna steal your kids and kill your kids. Not even give them a chance. But what exactly were the circumstances of Khonshu's initial possession of Mark Spector? And why does Khonshu want Layla next? Who did Mark kill in that backstory? God, God damn it! Damn it. <laughs> Now, yes, yes, we pulled God Amit versus What the Fish, but God Amit won by a margin of three percentage points in that survey, really just 148 votes. So here's what we're gonna do. We're still gonna kick off every episode by screaming God Amit, and then uh, every question that we go through each episode, we're gonna lead with What the Fish? So that yes. way we get the best of both worlds. Is it too much to ask for both? In the immortal world. Exactly. And then we can also recycle what the fish for Namor whenever that comes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Maybe sooner rather than later with that Atlantis bar we saw last episode. Who knows? This is Inside Marvel. It's New Rockstar's weekly Marvel reaction show. I'm Eric Voss. My Easter egg breakdown of episode two is coming later today. But right now, mm. I am reacting to this episode and answering your biggest questions with MT. MT, thoughts on episode two? Dude, I'm so excited to see the Mr. Knight suit in live action. Are you kidding me? Like, I didn't think we'd get it so soon. Like, it was the perfect reveal. Like, like he he, he was, like, not dressed in it in the, in the last cut, and then it just immediately cuts to a fast transformation. And I just love that decision. It was just, like, super sudden. It's like, here it is. And yeah. I love it. I loved how it appeared just on the landing. Uh, I'll say that, like, I do miss the personality of the Mr. Knight. Just a, a very competent mm. detective, uh, a criminologist, suave. Sherlock Holmesian figure, suave, yeah. But yeah. it seems like this show is just kind of simplifying it in a way that we have Mark and we have Steven, and each of those have their uh, super-powered forms. One, you have the Moon Knight Ceremonial Warrior clothes. The other one, you have what Steven thinks would be a panicked suit that he would put together last minute. Uh, and, it, and it works, it works. I think at the end of the day, they both still have superpowers, right? He still got oh, a yeah, wallop sure. on that jackal, was able to bend the fender, get a fender mm -hmm. bender on that car. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I loved this episode. I loved how much deeper we go into the mythology, uh, into the philosophy of Arthur Harrow's cult. And you, you see these folks who are living their best lives in, in some kind of 
unobserved corner of London that we don't know about. But uh, um, watching Animal Planet, apparently, uh, they're all really <laughs> just uh, watching Animal Planet with the boys. That's what we all do on a Friday night. <laughs> they all have their wireless uh, headphones in. They're all synced. I mean, that's that's the way I want to live. Like, mm-hmm. I assume the rent is a uh, some kind of co-op, right? You just do your shift in the garden. Uh, you you get the soccer ball from off the roof, and uh, and that's your chore for the week. Uh, or in they some all cases, met on Craigslist. Yeah, uh, maybe you, you kidnap someone from the other side of town, pretending to be a cop, and you drive them over here. That's your job. Are these people actually cops, and they're using or those fake badges? I gotta assume they're fake badges, fake identities, mm. right? I don't um, know. I think I think they are actually cops, and like maybe Harrow's possessing them. I don't know. Is the entire London police force under Harrow's control? Uh, how far does this go? All the way to the top. All the way to the top. Even kids got tattoos. Oh my god! You were worried about scrolls. No, we got to worry about these Amit worship worshippers who are everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I heard a story recently of um, of someone who was talking about a uh, minor diversion here. Uh, someone was talking about a previous relationship that they were in, and um, the relationship was having issues, so they went to get couples therapy. And uh, part of the reason the the relationship was going bad is the the guy in the relationship was like getting on the girlfriend for what it was actually his wife for what side of the sidewalk to walk on for like doing things doing chores a very specific way and then so as they were go- talking to the therapist about this the therapist suddenly sided with the guy and said oh you're a follower of the way and then the <laughs> wife realized that both the therapist and her husband were part of a cult. In that therapy session, and that's one of the most terrifying things to realize that you are the one what? person in the room who's not part of the cult, and that everyone's <laughs> speaking the same terrifying language and, and terminology that you're not aware of. So that's that a pretty terrifying prospect. Uh, anyway, would, uh, poop my pants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's part of the way, MT. They want you to poop your pants. It's just this is it's the a, way. That's the, it's a the better way to do it. You way. waste so much water by using a toilet. What are you crazy? That's what I'm saying. Your pants. I yeah. just go right down the leg. Um, I use one yeah. leg per per um per poop, and then I, I just right. change the pants. You get two poops a day. Are you really yeah. going to poop more than twice a day? Are you kidding me? Maybe that's an emergency gave us third. Two pants legs. Like, yeah, only two. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> Let's talk about this episode. Uh, what a wild episode. So much happened in this episode. Yes. We finally started to get some answers. So this uh, episode begins with Stephen thinking everything that happened in that bathroom was just a dream. But as we uh, sometimes wake up the next morning after we did some horrible things in the bathroom in the middle of the night, realize, no, it was all too real. The smell lingers. The smell Sometimes lingers. just wake up in the morning, passed out from a, a hard night's poop, and I'm like, oh, what happened? <laughs> oh, shoot, yep. the, the bathroom's destroyed. <laughs> um... We get this great moment where he goes back to the museum, talks to JB, reviews the security footage, and realizes mm. that man versus beast battle was really man versus self. We got a nice mm. Hound of the Baskervilles reference in there. Uh, and and it's almost like Fight Club in a way, right? Like re-watching the security footage and realize it was just you there. Uh, pretty terrifying. Um, yeah. So he gets fired by the most understanding HR uh, manager ever who gives him a pamphlet. <laughs> Uh, I felt so awkward during that conversation. I was like, he's being too nice. He's going to get fired. (laughs) Well, my read of that, because, you know, I got a conspiracy brain, is I think that HR rep was uh, part of the cult, right? Because he decides not to press charges. So why did the detectives show up if no one pressed charges? I guess for a stolen Mm. item, right? But, like, how was anything reported to be stolen? I I think he was part of it. I think think we're going to see that guy 
in the background tilling some tomatoes in, in that community garden. Eventually. So something's going on, because like on the pamphlet, we see like a crescent moon on there, which is kind of weird. Oh. I'm like, why is that? I didn't notice the crescent moon. I'll have to take it's a like a green look. crescent moon on that pamphlet. I'm like, why do you have a crescent moon? And what is this place? What's going on here? So that what, guy, what, yeah. I don't trust him. I don't trust any pamphlet. Don't give me a pamphlet. <laughs> I, I got to like carry this things. around now with me. It's going to get lost in one of my coat pockets. Ugh. Yeah. Like, it's not going to happen. Do you have a website? Like, I don't, I don't want to carry yeah, this no, pamphlet. No, I don't want to hold trees it. I don't, for want, no don't ever take anything that people hand you on the street. Just don't. Don't, don't do then it. They own your soul at that point. Um, <laughs> so he gets fired. He checks in with uh, Crawley. I have some interesting thoughts about Crawley. I mean, I think it's interesting that he's got this long golden hair. And then I think there might be a visual connection with Conchu having that long stringy hair that kind of strings. Mm. Is, is, is. Crawley, a manifestation of Kanchu. I don't know. I'm probably reaching that there, would right? Be I just, so interesting. I find it interesting there. I, um, I think that like him talking to Crawley could be evidence of like him like being able to make conversations with himself, which is why he's talking to nobody yeah. on the phone. Oh, for sure, for sure. That's yeah. definitely connected. This guy, all yeah. of his relationships are with people who don't do not talk back to him. Um, yeah. But anyway, he tracks down Mark's storage locker, and I keep an eye out for the Easter egg breakdown for it because there are some interesting Easter eggs in the hunt for that storage <laughs> locker. But um, so he finds a scarab, he finds some uh, a Chinese currency, he finds some American bills, he finds an American passport of Mark Spector. Mark lays out the truth. Uh, I'm Conchu's avatar. Uh, we tried to dispense uh, Conchu's justice. Uh, we're trying to keep this scarab away from Arthur Harrow. But Stephen refused to give Mark the body. And then Conchu gives us some creepy jump scares in this uh, in this hallway. Just yes, some lights. I loved it so much. So yeah, creepy. I like, I'm, I'm the biggest. I can't do horror stuff, but, like, I love when I get scared and like, it's, I just love when like art can make me feel something. And like, that was just very, just, yeah. I don't like a tall bony being approaching me no. in the dark. No. Sorry. Call me That's, weird. I mean, <laughs> MT's being nice about it, but I did sneak up to MT in the dark one time when I was uh, very malnourished when we were doing uh, fitness origins and, uh, and yeah, I'm a tall bony man and he didn't like that surprise. Don't ever hug people no. from behind. It's just, it's just like a form of, um, and that's how we first met. <laughs> And that is how we first met. I said, guess who? And he said, I have no idea what this is. It's Conchu. It didn't go well. Didn't go well. Um, but, uh, I mean, the diegetic lighting of this show, just the light coming from the overhead lamps, from the moon, from the street right. lamps. From, oh, my God. From, uh, the light from uh, Arthur Harrow's staff. It's just so cool what they're doing with lighting on this series. I don't think we've seen very, that very cool. yet. Like, um, everything, every shot is deliberate in the show. I love it. For sure. Uh, now, uh, Stephen meets uh, uh, his wife, soon-to-be-divorced wife, mm. Layla. Turns out yeah. they were married, uh, and Mark had been avoiding her, not returning her calls, and Mark even wants Stephen to just get away from her, not talk to her. Uh, but she realizes he has a scarab, uh, and she reveals that it points to Amit's tomb, kind of like a compass. Uh, but then these two detectives arrive, Fitzgerald and Kennedy, right? The JFK's middle name and last name. I just thought that was a little interesting. <laughs> kind of like, are these even their real names? Um, hmm. But uh, they're looking for a stolen object. They find Mark's passport. And really, they're just looking for a reason to arrest Stephen. And then they, interestingly, pull up Mark's police record for this uh, mm. massacre at a dig site right. in Egypt. Uh, mm. A couple dead bodies. Uh, some more interesting Easter eggs on that screen. Um, but I just thought this was kind of making us doubt Mark for a second. Like, this guy might not be great, or he might have been framed. Uh, we don't really know yet. And I like that we don't know yet. Um, but of course, these cops are just members of a cult. 
but they're also uh, following Harrow, uh, in addition to other... <laughs> that wasn't even funny. That wasn't funny. I, I butchered that. Um, but uh, anyway, Harrow gives Stephen a tour of this delightful place to live. You gotta imagine the rent there is Bro. gotta be worth it alone. I mean, hey man, it's the ultimate um, YouTuber pad. It's they're just all yeah. YouTubers. Just uh... they're all influencers, <laughs> right? They all got their own TikToks. They're they're living mm-hmm. their best lives. Uh, <laughs> and we see the garden. He fills them up on some lentil soup. Uh, they're they're watching their nature documentaries. But That's all uh, you need in life: lentil soup yeah. and nature documentaries. Stephen finally uh, combats this bullshit Emmett philosophy that I'm so glad someone on this show just. Finally draws the line at killing kids. I love it when people in this in the show just completely give the best counter argument to things. And then Harrow right. doesn't even have an answer to it. He goes, well, you know, sometimes you got to amputate a child. She was like, a kid isn't a diseased limb. Are you crazy? Uh, yeah. I, I wanted to just cut to some other people in the room. Like, could one person just be like, yeah. 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 The whole kid's take my that, let's talk about what he's out. talking about. <laughs> I was saying this from the get-go. Um, but uh, Harrow threatens him with the staff of Amit, which, which is interesting. We got another little tease that, you know, Amit gave this staff to his first avatar. So this is some kind of gift that's been passed through the generations. Um, but then Layla shows up to free Mark, holding up the scarab like a kind of conch shell. I wasn't clear why Layla showed up. Was she worried? Was she just that confident? That um, Mark or, or, or Stephen in that moment could summon the suit. Why would she need to go in the room to do that? Uh, why? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just had I don't know what her game plan was in that moment. I'll just push someone off the scaffolding and then we'll run out. <laughs> uh, I think yeah, she just probably wanted to save Mark because she probably had no idea. Well, she probably had no idea what he was doing with Harrow and like was like, all right, we know that Harrow's trying to kill us. So I'm just going to sure. save you because you seem kind of crazy. I Why would she need crazy. to bring the scarab, though? If the scarab is the one uh, MacGuffin they're trying to keep away from all these people, couldn't she just go in that room and say, like, I have it in my hand? And then it'll be like, what? And then she's like, ha-ha, now, Mark, summon the suit. Like, I don't know why she needs to use that to get their attention. If, like, she could just lie and say she knows where it is, you know? True. Um, yeah, it was just whatever. Um, but uh, <laughs> S- Stephen uh, has some performance anxiety, some Hulk-flavored Performance anxiety can't it summon to the suit. best of us. Happens to all of us. This brings us to our sponsor. No, that comes later. <laughs> but, um, so Harrow is able to summon a jackal from this uh, purple hell realm, uh, and uh, the jackal chases him down. Stephen falls out the window, summons a suit, but it's really Psycho Colonel Sanders, the dapper <laughs> Mister Night look from the 20, 2014 comics. Uh, but the identity yes. still has the super strength. Uh, and Steven manages to get a few good hits in that jackal, but still gets overwhelmed. Uh, we get a GRC Easter egg on that bus there. It's fun. Uh, but he gives a control of the body to Mark, who summons a true Moon Knight warrior ceremonial suit. It looks great. Uh, and then lures the jackal in this chase across London. This is beautifully shot with the crescent moon. Uh, and it all just leaves this jackal impaled. He's like, I got the one spire of an outdoor cathedral steeple that, I'm, that I will just be perfect to, to impale this jackal, but you know, it's over, it's, it's closer to, uh, to the east side of London. You've got to run past St. Paul's to get to it. So, uh, just follow me, trust me. Um, but in all of this, uh, all these costume changes, the scarab gets loose, Harrow finds it, kills a homeless guy to get it. Uh, Mark refuses to give Stephen back the body. Stephen's trapped in a mirror. We learn that Mark is really in servitude for Khonshu for saving his life. 
And Khonshu mm-hmm. is threatening to take Layla as his next Ooh. avatar. And then cool. we end the episode with Khonshu transporting Mark and Steven to Egypt to stop Hero in the desert. Uh, bum, we've got bum, some, bum. some Oscar bloody Isaac's knuckles. back in Egypt, baby, in a Marvel and, movie. <laughs> and uh, not wearing too much. Not that we're complaining. <laughs> my man, Oscar, is the delight of all the senses. We'll just leave it there. <laughs> but uh, the question I'm having, MT, is this order of possession among Mark Spector and Arthur Harrow, who's a former avatar of Kanchu, but now an uh, avatar of Amit. So he's doing some uh, god swapping in the mix mm-hmm. here. What happened there? And uh, what's going to happen next with Layla? Uh, like, why is she Kanchu's next target? And what was this whole dark origin story for all these characters in Egypt? That's what we'll be talking mm-hmm. about this episode. Uh, but to celebrate Moon Knight, there is a new latest obsession shirt, and T and I are rocking it's it. So it cool! Is I love this design so much. I love it. The so Tomb sick. of the Moon God. Oh, and oh, folks, gotta be honest with you, this is selling faster than Victor's lentil fast. soup recipe. So you gotta <laughs> move fast. Go get yours over at NewRockstarsMerch.com, folks. It's really the best way to support what we do here at New Rockstars. And when you get the shirt, you will unlock the added option if you choose to do it to write in a custom shout out that will appear at the bottom of these after shows. And we yes. have some popping up here. Oh, oh thank you all for buying this shirt and supporting us. Kyle Seriously. says, I think Steven is a spell by Conchu to protect Mark and himself from evil. So you mean the whole Steven identity mm. could be a spell by Conchu? I like your thinking, Mark. I like mm, that a lot. Uh, kind of like a botch spell because Kanchu doesn't really seem to like Stephen very much these days. And so Kyle maybe he just up called you spell. Mark. I'm sorry. I mean Kyle. Kyle, I like your oh. thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, that's kind of the chicken and the egg debate there, right? Was Stephen there before Kanchu dropped in? My thinking is that Stephen or some other identity, that Mark had some form of dissociative identity disorder before Kanchu came in. Just because Kanchu said, like, you said this wouldn't be a problem. So I don't right. think this, I don't, I, if Kanchu caused it, I don't think he would hold Mark responsible for it. He'd just be like, you just have to deal with this. Um, so I think, I, I think there might've been Steven there before, but I, I do think what we're seeing through Steven's point of view might still be an illusion, might still be being filtered or altered in some way by this possession. Um, let's see another comment here. Vin, Vinicius, that might be how you say it, says mm, maybe Hero was also judged unfit by Amit and that's why he puts glass in his shoes. Interesting. Huh. Uh, that like that really, is his penance. That would be really interesting because like, you know, what if like Amit saved his life the way that Kanchu saves Mark's life mm. in the comics and like this is his way of like, you know, showing like re- like repaying Amit. It's like, you know what? I'm a, I deserve to be dead. So I'm just going to walk in pain. And so, like, I don't know. Like, but I do like the the idea that he was judged unfit. He was like, hey, you're no good. So, like, you have to walk into glass in your shoes while you serve me. It's like a, 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 like a really mean god. Yeah. Or maybe he's afraid to face that judgment. And he's just wor- he knows that he did bad stuff. So he's trying to balance those scales every day by, uh, by incurring this kind of punishment. Because that is kind of this uh, self-flagellation, uh, like, corporeal punishment on yourself um, is something that, like, really devout religious zealots have been known to do in the real world. And that kind of seems like what Arthur Harrow is doing with that broken glass. So he's like, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I'm a sinner. So I'm going to punish myself so that Amit, when I face those scales, won't judge me uh, negatively. Oh, he doesn't have to do that. All he has to do is watch Morbius. (laughs) MT spit in the fire. (laughs) Woo. Sorry, but sorry. You kind of deserve that. Don't apologize. (laughs) MT speak your truth. 
And your truth is that movie was a tub of poop. And that's yeah, okay. No good. If you think that. It's also okay if you liked it. We don't judge you for liking it. It's all right. Love yeah, like what you like. It's totally fine. It's all right. Um, Trevor says, do you think it's possible one or a couple personalities got dusted by the snap whilst the host remained? Trevor, hmm. man, I love your thinking. The idea that there could be other identities. Hmm. We know that, obviously, Steven slash Mark, the body stayed because he got that passport during the blip. He got it right. six months into the blip. So the body stayed, right. but there could be other identities in there that just got dusted and then returned now on the other side of it. And Steven could have been one of those. And that's why suddenly the DID is affecting him in the middle of this possession by Conchu. Is Steven undusted in his head? Uh, that would be really interesting. I think that, you know, it, I don't think the, the dusting element is going to come into the personalities in his head, but it's a really interesting theory for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's dive into the theory we're talking about this yes. episode. What was the question, MT? So, buddy, what the fish did Mark do that led to Conchu possessing him? Yes. Uh, an excellent question. How did uh, the gods come into all these people's lives to begin all this madness? Well, right. uh, we got... It's some interesting lines at the end of the episode. Mark tells Stephen, when I am done, when I have repaid my debt, I swear to you, you will never see me or hear from me again. We wouldn't be alive if it weren't for Conchu, and my servitude is a price that I pay. And then Mark chides, and then Conchu chides Mark saying, you were nothing more than a corpse when I found you. Earlier in the episode, when they arrest him, Fitzgerald and, Kem uh, Fitzgerald and Kennedy bring up Mark's criminal record, and they say, Mark Spector was part of a team of mercenaries that hid a dig site in Egypt. Here's what they did to the archaeologists. Zip-tied and shot in the back of the head, execution style. And the computer screen Ooh. shows at least four corpses in the sand. By the way, the computer also lists the assigned agent as Nick Pepin, the show's production manager. And then the final number begins with 1975, which is the year Moon Knight debuted in Werewolf by Night number 32. Mm. Just lots of Easter eggs in this episode. Stay tuned. Good eye, buddy. Breakdown. Good eye. So this sounds a lot like Mark Spector's origin in the comics. Mark, mm -hmm. after stints with the Marines and the CIA, he becomes a mercenary with Frenchy Ducamp, or Duchamp, who we saw on the uh, Miss Calls last episode. Uh, and they right. join this other mercenary named Raoul Bushman. And they're all on a raid on this archaeological site in Egypt. Bushman kills the lead archaeologist named uh, Peter Al-Raoun to find the Pharaoh's tomb. But when they kill him, they leave behind the daughter, Marlene, who later becomes Mark's right. love interest. Bushman mm -hmm. also mortally wounds Mark. And Mark crawls his way to the tomb and collapses beneath the idol of Conchu, where his spirit meets with Conchu's spirit, and Conchu agrees to save Mark's life in exchange for Mark's service. So if this is the backstory that they do on the show, that actually might mean Layla could be the daughter of one mm. of those slain archaeologists. Maybe she doesn't know what Mark did or how it all went down, really. But, uh, which is kind of a, a messed up thing for Mark to do, to marry this woman if you were involved mm. in her father's death. Uh, that would be kind of crazy. I, I get vibes that Layla is might have been involved with Mark like while he was a mercenary. Like they were just always yeah. mercenaries together. But I think they knew. That... Maybe maybe even her dad was part of this mercenary group. He had a father daughter mercenary mm. team. That sounds adorable, Ooh, right? That'd be fun. Uh, I want to see that prequel. So I think the fact that they showed us Frenchie's name last episode means that we're going to see this flashback at some point. Uh, but oh, the yeah. question is, I think, how Arthur Harrow fits in all this. Because he claims to have been one of Conchu's previous avatars. And while he can't see Conchu, he seems to know what Conchu is saying to Mark, as if he's heard it all before. But uh, also, Harrow recognized Mark in episode one as a mercenary. There was a past between them. 
So, was Hera part of this past raid on the archaeologists back when Hera was doing Khonshu's bidding? Uh, mm. Maybe killing the archaeologists to keep them from unearthing Amit's tomb? That might have been Khonshu's mm. original mission. And then Mark might have felt morally conflicted about helping Hera gun them down. And so Hera might have wounded Mark to keep this all a secret. But then, in a moment of weakness, Harrow could have been seduced by Amit, and then Khonshu, being forced Ooh. out, needing a human avatar to fight Khonshu and Harrow's new partnership, took advantage of this dying guy, Mark Spector. So then Mark could have agreed to help Khonshu to stop Harrow and Amit as part of his penance for being part of the team that ended up killing Layla's father. That's my thinking how this all this went. At one point, Harrow led this mission to uh, you trying to follow Khonshu's orders to kill these people who were just, you know, unearthing Amit's tomb. Uh, and then as that happened, Amit came in, made a better offer. And then uh, basically, uh, Harrow took up this mission. Um, the scarab somehow got displaced or lost in the sands of time. And then Mark is like, well, I'm dying. Uh, I need to make a good deal. And Conchie's like, well, this is my best option. <laughs> I need oh. someone to stop these two. I've been forced out. I need to swap <laughs> into a new human. I guess the question remains is, why do you think Conchie wants Layla? Is Conchie mm. just using that as leverage to threaten Mark to keep him serving him? If you, don't, if you, if you release from me, I'm going to jump to your wife. Does he really want to do that, you think? I, I think that... You know, he wants Mark particularly because Mark has a particular set of skills. Like, Mark is super good at his job. Like, he is a super good mercenary. He used to be in the army. Like, he has all of this training. So, I think that his avatars are only as good as they are capable of. Um, and, mm -hmm. well, obviously, they're also augmented with, you know, this super strength and, like, healing factor, apparently, from, as we saw in episode one. Um, so, I think that, you know... He would rather have Mark, but he could easily take Layla because as we see in episode two, Layla's more than capable of handling her own self. So he's mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'd rather have Mark. But at the end of the day, everyone has somebody that they love. So I can use somebody that you love to threaten you to into servitude if you are yeah. not, you know, already a loyal follower of me because he has his own agenda. He has things that he has to do. And at the end of the day, Kanshu really doesn't care. I see like, he does care about humanity to the point of like he wants to protect the weak and like the the, the vulnerable at, at night but at the end of the day he doesn't really care about our lives and like our love lives and all that stuff so i think that this is just what Kanchu does what what he's done probably throughout the centuries he just mm -hmm. blackmails people because he f views love as weak yeah um, but i hear that mt and i think just mm -hmm. presently that is absolutely Kanchu's motive for threatening mark into staying in his servitude 100 percent but I do think there there may be some honesty there. There, like Layla may be the original target, perhaps Layla's father. If if they are adapting that story of Marlene's father being uh, the archaeologist who was killed, like what if Layla is part? The reason uh, this archaeologist team was trying to unearth Amit's tomb is because like they were serving Amit in some other way. Like Amit was reaching mm. out to certain people, like come find me. Maybe this scarab really belonged to her and her family throughout the centuries and that she could be part of a lineage that was part of Amit's original avatar. And this could be like mm. her family curse. Uh, and that she just has some kind of uh, certain uh, important historical ancestry that uh, ties in with, with Amit and that original avatar uh, that like, in addition to this scarab that points to his tomb, that maybe this, this staff really belongs to her family or belonged to her father. 
and mm. that it got passed down through the generations. And then after the father died, Harrow claimed it. Uh, Harrow took on the mantle of being Amit's fist, of the, the true uh, avatar of Amit. Uh, and that he feels that guilt for, for trying through Khonshu, uh, for getting in the middle of that unearthing process. And that's why he now punches himself with glass on the feet, is he feels bad mm. for, for delaying Amit's resurrection. Uh, because now he is on its uh, most loyal disciple. So Interesting. I, I think there might be something there with Layla. I think uh, that she may be a champion, maybe a, a human vessel that all these gods are really warring over, that she could be the key to their future. I could definitely see that for sure. Like, because we, as we see from, from like what we can tell from like all these, this, this new phase of Marvel, it seems like these old relics like are being passed down throughout history. Like we have um the the ten rings with with well yeah. when we have the ten rings, and then uh -huh. we have you know the, this alligator staff that apparently Harrow was passed down from from different avatars. We have Miss Marvel. Like Miss Marvel seems to find her her bangles in an attic. That seems I don't I don't really we don't really know the plot of Miss Marvel, but like it seems to be like a uh, family heirloom. So I think that we're entering this new age and obviously the Ebony Blade from the end of Eternals, which was right. passed down from um, Dan Whitman's family. So I think that we're going to see the history of all these weird artifacts, these magical artifacts that were probably have all their roots in Africa. Cause we, as we learned from, mm. um, I believe it was the, the museum scene from Black Panther. Um, Killmonger says that Africa was the birthplace of everything. And so like, when that meteor hit Wakanda, I think that a lot of weird shit came with it. A lot of like, mm. like items and like all like stuff that hit Earth. And so that spread from Africa to different parts of the world. Um, so that's just my weird wild theory. Um, I love that theory, MT. I think it's such an interesting <laughs> analysis. Because I mean, that, that meteor hit, what was it, like 5 million BC? That was long before the Eternals arrived to help the Sumerians, right. you know? So like that could have been the origin of, uh, of Earth's... We, I mean, my favorite theory, or one of my favorite theories in the past year is that, like, that meteor could have really been the celestial seed, um, but it ended up not mm. being the case. But I thought that could have been cool if, like, the vibranium in that meteorite that formed Mount Bashanga could have also been the vessel for the celestial seed that implanted in the core and that all of it could have been linked. I, I guess technically I honestly, it's not wrong yet, but... I honestly feel like that, you're, like that is what they were sort of going for, because, like, I think that the vibranium was sent to fortify the celestial or to provide it maybe nourishment because we see that mm. the, the the flowers from Wakanda can grow weird like you know empowering flowers from this meteorite so like maybe it's just nourishment for the baby it's like here's your prenatal vitamins through like i don't know <laughs> just to make you big and strong <laughs> for when you come out so you can have a vibranium shell it um, makes you strong and growing <laughs> Vibranium Flintstones vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got a lot more from this episode we want to talk about. But first, we want to thank some friends who helped us make this episode, starting with our friends at Noom Mood. So learning to manage daily stress and anxious thoughts is something we all want, but many of us don't know where to even begin managing those things. Well, Noom Mood is here to guide you to mental wellness and to give you the tools you need to tackle stress so that you'll feel empowered to take on whatever life throws at you. Their guided approach teaches you the power of shifting your mindset and just a few minutes a day. With the team of dedicated coaches, you'll have a support system helping you on your journey. Some staff members at New Rockstars have used New Mood and they mentioned how it's helped them understand their moods and even sleep better. What they like about New Mood is that the lessons are based on science and they teach you about your relationship with stress and anxiety. So equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to steer yourself to happiness. 
Noom has helped millions of people through their weight loss program, so you know that they can help you tackle stress too. With Noom Mood, taking care of your mental wellness is empowering. All you need is 10 minutes a day, and it's an app. So it is there for you anytime, anywhere. Worry less and feel happier. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com Marvel. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash marvel to begin your trial and we also want to thank upstart for sponsoring this episode we've all been hit by an unexpected expense or a bill in times like that it's normal to not really know where to turn luckily upstart is here to help upstart powered personal loans can help you pay down high interest debt all online with simple and easy to understand payment terms upstart has helped over 1.8 million customers on their path to financial freedom whether it's paying off credit cards consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, Upstart can help you get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Rather than looking at your credit score alone, Upstart's model considers other factors like your income, your employment, and other information provided in your loan application to find you a smarter rate for your loan. Check your rate in minutes for loans between $1,000 and $50,000 without impacting your credit score. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Don't wait and check your rate today at upstart.com slash marvel. That's upstart.com slash marvel to check out your rate today. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash marvel. All right, MT, I have a question for you. Why the fish... Can only Steven see the jackals? Hmm. That is the biggest question here, because as we saw from the, like, from the beginning of the episode, not even TV footage could pick up the jackal, and, like, people right. on the streets of London cannot see the jackal when he's literally picking people up and throwing them around. Yeah. So, but I think that the reason why only Steven and Mark can only see the jackal could probably have to do, and this is just my wild theory here, but, like, with 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 Stephen and Mark having chaos energy in their brains and this this dark energy capable mm. of seeing dark beings like the jackal, whereas people on Earth cannot see them because they don't have that chaos energy sight. And like the reason why I think this is because mostly because of Thor two and Thor the Dark World is because um, you love referencing Thor the Dark World. Like, this, Thor the Dark World establishes so much. It's, it's the first like real movie that we got in the MCU that like really dives into the cosmos. Cause like right after that, we got Guardians of the Galaxy and like that really do- dove into that as well. So I really do feel like that movie is really important. But anyway, Heimsdahl, when um, the dark elves were, were a factor, he couldn't see them. He can't see the dark elves, where they live and how they move. And I think that this is sort of, having to do with Heimdall being a being of light and being in this Asgard-like kingdom, whereas those dark beings of, you know, the dark elves had dark, you know, chaos, ether, darkness in them. So the reason why I think that only Mark can see them is because this being is pure darkness. And that, like, we can, and those be, like, or people on Earth who are beings of, like, with light, infinity energy cannot see them because they don't have the sight. But I'm pretty sure that Wanda would be able to see that being because she has that mm. chaos in her well, that's just my that, theory. What, what do you that's think? That's an interesting assessment. I, I, I'm really curious. You know, there were all the other people in that cult warehouse that uh, mm. backed away nervously when, uh, when Harrow was doing the chanting to, to summon the jackal. Like, mm. can they see the jackal? Or do they just mm. see, like, nothing? They just feel a bunch of wind and they, they see an invisible force crashing through their home. Like... That's what I want to know. It seems like you're right. Only people with that kind of like uh, possession, with that kind of right. more avatars of someone, whether it's Amit or Kanchu or Kathan, maybe in, one, right. in, in Wanda's case, 
can can see uh, these supernatural forces. I think that makes the most sense. It would just be Harrow and uh, and Mark or Stephen. Um, yeah, but I but I also think that maybe the people who have the tattoos can see the jackal as well because I think the tattoos itself could actually be tied to this chaos magic. So like, if you have the tattoo, mm. then you probably because we see that all these people seem creepily in sync um, during this cafeteria sync. Like every everybody seems to like be laughing at the same time, like sort of like a WandaVision-esque scenario where everybody mm. in Westview was sort of linked up through Wanda. So I think that that's what's sort of happening with Harrow, where like he's controlling everyone. Like these people are not 100% with it, but like he's just, if they have the tattoo, he's able to like control them on and off whenever Ooh. they want. I didn't think about that, MT. My my assumption is that they were all there consenting. The way, which is scarier mm. for the cult mindset, is that you're convinced. You know, it's not like you're you're being. I mean, that's the nature of brainwashing, right? Is it's not right. necessarily a supernatural force that is like mind controlling you. It's using the art of persuasion and mm. and preying on people's insecurities to break down the way they perceive the world and build it up in this creepy delusional way that serves your own interests. Um, so I think the psychological power of a, of cult persuasion is a real fear of it. It's not that like someone puts a spell on you, but mm. I, I'm yeah. Now you got me thinking like that ink, is it just the ink or is, is that like an enchanted um, death eater <laughs> tattoo in some way, you know? I, I honestly think it's linked because you know the, the pages of the Darkhold, right? How it's like this weird black, like it's not ink, but like this weird black substance. It's blood. It's same substance. blood. <laughs> His blood is black blood on the pages. Uh, I think it's that same substance in the tattoo that is making it able to move and like act around. Like it, I think it's just this weird darkness that all these people are connected to, to Arthur Harrow. Um, you the chaos Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting thoughts. All right, another question. How did Harrow initially come across Khonshu? If Harrow's telling the mm. truth that he was Khonshu's former avatar, now he's Amit's avatar, we, we talked about that. Mm. What happened in the past, and how many other avatars has Khonshu possessed over the years? Hmm. Well, we know of two already. We know Aang, and we know Korra. We know those two avatars. Just kidding. Um... <laughs> That's a Avatar Last Airbender joke. <laughs> oh. Get out. Yeah, Andy. <laughs> I love that show. All right. No, but that's a really good question. Because um, we we don't really know how long Harrow was for this this Avatar of Khonshu for and like how they even met. But I'm, I had this feeling that you're, you're probably on the right track here. Like, I feel like what you're, I liked your theory of, you know, maybe, like you said that like Harrow and um, Mark were, mercenaries together at one point and then like harrow became the conchu's avatar and then switched to Ahmed, right that's what i that's think what we're this week yeah, I, I think that I, next week i honestly <laughs> think that that could be the case I, I love that theory where like they were both buddies and then they completely forgot about each other and they now like they're on these completely different paths um serving god so like i think that yeah it, it might it might have been a quick servitude before Mark got it, but who knows? See, I think there might have been uh, when when Harrow was a younger guy, uh, he might have maybe he was like a student of of uh, one of these archaeologists on that dig. Like he was, mm. his mentor was leading the the exploration, and uh, and like he kind of you know looked up to worship the sky, but you know maybe started snooping around his stuff, found this old scarab, and got interested or something like that, or. Uh, maybe he had some other history with Kanshu. Maybe there was some other 
Khonshu related relic that uh, that he stumbled into. And, uh, you know, maybe at one point he made some mistakes in his life. And, and I'm talking, he would have had to have been really young. We're talking like before midnight, Ethan Hawk young, like early 90s. Mm. This would have had to be a long time ago because we're talking like there's two steps of his backstory. The more recent one, he became possessed by Amit. And long before that, he was possessed by Khonshu. So like how, right. how we're talking, there's a multiple layer bean dip to what's going on mm. in Ethan Hawke's brain here. Unless he's lying about it, which is totally possible. Again, we're talking about unreliable narrators here. We don't this know how much of this uh, claimed backstory is going to be revealed as even valid uh, by the end of the season. So right. this may all just be a waste of our time. But I, I think... <laughs> we're speculating, <laughs> bro. It's speculation. Uh, I, I think it sounds like Khonshu preys upon people who want to make a kind of deal with the devil to, sp- to save their own lives. Whereas right. Amit makes deals with people who want to see judgment uh, um, um, uprooted from sinners before they can commit the crime. <laughs> so ideologues versus desperate people who come begging for help. That's kind of the kind of the difference between those two gods and who they who they prey upon. Another question we've been talking about a bit, MT. How widespread is Harrow's cult? The mm. HR manager at the museum we talked about. How many members of the police force? Are part of the cult? Mm. Uh, is it, it? We know there is a like an alpine village. Uh, there was a guy who left his shop wearing his apron still to help steal the scarab <laughs> from Mark. So that guy was just like, "What are they doing outside?" Oh, I'm part of this cult. I have to go join the fray. And now we have like, a whole district of London. Are there chapters everywhere? Can we join where we are? I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe well, let's ask like our neighbor. Be like, hey, uh, are you part of the? Uh, yeah. You know what I'm you talking about? You got the ink. You got the ink. You got the ink. <laughs> but uh, no, I think that this cult might have might just still be a new cult and has like certain amounts of influence in certain parts of the world. And I think that, you know, because of all this weird shit happening post the snap and like, you know, post uh, Tiamat just raising from mm. the freaking gr- ground, all these people uh-huh. are going to want something to believe in and like uh-huh. want a more pure earth that isn't like that doesn't have evil in it because like they're scared of all this evil happening through all these mcu movies so um i think that what might be happening is that these this cult is growing and like more people are being are are coming across arthur harrow at least like out of intrigue just like "Hmm, who is this guy and then maybe through his magic through his magic cane or however maybe chaos energy in his body he's just like possessing people that come to see him out of curiosity and um, mm. I, I don't know. That's just my weird theory. What, what do you think? Uh, I think the um, I, I totally get why this extremist view of wanting to um, stop sinners in their tracks before they do the sin makes mm. sense in this post Thanos world and post Tiamat world, which you can't forget. <laughs> there's a big dead celestial made of marble in the in Indian Ocean in this world, and no one is talking about it anyway. Um, yeah, I think people would be freaked out. It might be like, can we do something about this shit? Like, right. <laughs> um, I guess my question is like, it's pretty uncommon uh, for a cult to gain that much steam without someone becoming aware of its existence. Like, right. you know, the Rajneeshi up in Oregon got pretty far. Uh, but then the local townies are like, who are these? People who are here firing guns on the other side of the hill. Uh, the Church of Scientology 
Uh, it was started as like a kind of a, a quiet little movement starting in Clearwater, mm. Florida and Hollywood, California. And then now some celebrities get on board with it and then everyone is making fun of them. Like, is this is this cult a secret? I just, I'm curious to know if uh, Ethan Hawke's going on TV uh, and right now he just kind of seems like a, you know, an Elon, uh, an Elon Musk figure that some people are on board with and other people are like, dude, that guy's a cult leader. Don't listen to what he's got. <laughs> the guy owns Twitter now. He owns it all. Um, I really hate that Elon Musk owns Twitter. It's really, oh, I hate that shit. Or 10%, anyway. 10%. He, but he, he owns more of Twitter than any other one human being owns Twitter. So interesting world we're God. now living in. Um, I just kind of want to know... Who else? Are, I would love to see if, like, someone we know, someone from the Avengers, if Happy Hogan is like, hey, look, I got this new tattoo. And, uh, <laughs> I lost my girlfriend. I turned to religion. Check, check this out. <laughs> Peter's like, she wasn't your girlfriend when she died. And he's like, no, technically, technically we were still. Yeah. You guys yeah, were living with me. the IT crowd? Yes. Like, remember that episode where the guy's just like claiming that he slept with Jed which, after she died? He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, we were totally boning and she wanted to love me forever, but she died. She said oh, she wanted no. to, she proposed to me. It's so weird. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. One final question. I got to ask you this, MT, because I know you're going to have a hell of an answer. From where was Harrow summoning the jackal? A purple Florida. glowing realm. Yeah. Florida doesn't see those shades of purple. Not until storm clouds are coming in. Um, no, that is a good question. Where was he summoning the jackal? I, I think, I have this weird feeling that, you know, the jackal is probably being summoned from a much farther region, darker region of the universe where the celestials haven't even touched yet. Like, there's no stars, oh. just darkness. And so, because, like, I just, just the way that the ground melts... It reminds me of um, the Tesseract scene from the Avengers when um, when Loki first arrives. And if you just look at like I don't know the ceiling when Loki first arrives, like it just looks really melted and weird. I just feel like this is a weird teleportation wormhole situation that's going on, um, where this where, like it's like a mini wormhole. Where the Jackal's like, "All right, I'm here now. Time to go feast on um some some Moon Knight." So I think that's like a portal situation but because he only has a little bit of Amit's power and that he can't fully bring more beings like the Jackal and maybe Amit to Earth so I think that you know he has a little portal staff there uh, what, what do you think? I like that the Hellmouth opened just in that square tile and like mm -hmm. whatever the grout was that surrounded that tile is like mm -mm, portal you're not getting past me <laughs> it's just gonna be the, the foot and a half by foot and a half square tile and you better hope that that jackal ain't bigger than that, because that's all right. you're getting. Just a fraction? Just a fraction of her power? You're just getting one tile, Hero. One tile. But, no, I think you're right, MT. This is some other realm. I mean, I see mm. the glowing color purple. I immediately think Spider-Man No Way Home. And Morbius! Uh, the cracks <laughs> spell that traverses the borders between known and unknown realities. I think whatever mm. this... I don't think it's another dimension. I think it's a realm between dimensions. Where all these gooey, gross monsters float around, bumping into each other. Um, mm. Like, uh, you know, so I, I think that's where it's from. All these supernatural creatures that uh, they kind of exist in an upside down space that uh, mm. do not adhere to a specific alternate reality. But when those realities start bumping into each other in incursions, those incursions open up the grout between the realities. Mm. And they live in the grout. The grout mm. is the purple glow. Purple glow equals grout. 
take anything away from this episode, write that down, kids. Purple glow ground confirmed. That's right. The Whoever the masons who build this universe, the builders, perhaps, designed mm, the builders all are the, the sticky MCU? grout that sticks the universe together is to be glowing and purple and filled with jackals. Uh, but also all that, all those weird things that Strange just sucked in his body in episode four of What mm. If. I think those all come from the same place. Yeah. Uh, we went to some interesting places in this episode of Inside yes. Marvel, as this episode of uh, Moon Knight went to some interesting places. And it's only going to get crazier from here, folks. So again, yeah. the breakdown of this episode, the Easter egg breakdown, coming out later today. It's got some doozies in it. It's going to be good. Wait. It's going to be good. Um, don't forget to check out all of our great merch options. Again, Tomb of the Moon God. Check out the shirt, guys. Oh, my God. This shirt is amazing. It's, I think this is probably my favorite shirt that we have it's so cool far. One. I love the design. Yeah, so it's good. fun. <laughs> it's fun. You got nine little, the Ennead kind of mm. hands there coming out. It's full, filled with these. You got I'm sure these things got translate into something. It's probably like Eric is a freaking idiot. Eric is overrated. <laughs> Eric's always going through bullshit theories. Don't listen. He, he, this idiot still thinks Mephisto was in WandaVision. Yeah. It's all just hate. I guarantee it. I don't have time to translate it. Well, uh, be sure to follow MT at Mastertainment. Follow me at EA Voss. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you all so much for watching. Be sure to subscribe yes. to New Rockstars. And uh, love you guys. we'll see you next week. Let's get us. Let's get us. <laughs> 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 <laughs>